Welcome, 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 everybody. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the Kendall Sports Network inaugural show of False 9. Uh, thank you to everyone who attended the soft launch, uh, recapping the Newell's uh, old boys game. Uh, hopefully we got all the kinks and nervousness and technical difficulties out of the way then. Uh, today's show will definitely be about Inter-Miami's last season. Uh the offseason, and everything we can expect this season. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube page. Give us a follow on X at KSN Sport. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at uh, KSN Sportsnet. Uh, and then you'll see Mark and I's X uh, handles down under our, uh, alongside our names. But how are you doing today, Mark? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, looking forward to um, tomorrow's game. Uh, excited! I'm excited. Yep. Yeah, it's it's definitely one that I feel that we have with anticipation, uh, hopes of what can be with a full season of Messi and friends, and uh, turning the page on what was one hell of a roller coaster ride in 2023. Indeed, ups and downs all over last season. Yeah. All right, so uh, with that, let's get started on recapping last season. Last season, you know, uh, Phil Neville was um, at the helm, um, you know, brimming with hope. Uh, Campana, Joseph Martinez, we were hoping to find goals. Uh, Iwain retires, and we start off 2-0. Yeah. We start off 2-0 against two very good teams this season before. One in Philadelphia, the other in Montreal, I believe. Both 2-0 wins at home. I was present at both of those games. Um, I thought, you know, wow, what an improvement we had made at that point. Um, from the back line play to the open field play to putting away chances, which was a big thing for us in the past. We couldn't finish chances. A lot of one-goal deficits, you know stuff like that. So those two first games were inspiring. They gave the fan base hope. Um, just being at the stadium, it was buzzing. You know, like, it was, it was, there was a sense of, oh, we, that Inter Miami had arrived, that they were here, they were ready to make, you know, noise to make the playoffs, to, to challenge for trophy, which was, you know, which is the, um, the goal in every season. But nonetheless, you know, the season derailed. After the third game, what what do you think? I mean, I feel like it was painfully obvious, but what do you think started the derailment of that promising two and zero start? Injuries, man. The name of the game: injuries. We were plagued by it last year. Gregory gets injured in that one 0 defeat at NYCFC. Gregory, you know, our rock, our captain, goes down. And with every ship, the captain goes with every cap with every ship, the captain goes down with it. And that's what happened with Inter Miami. As soon as that happened, injuries just kept piling on top of one, on top of one, on top of one, until it was Franco Negri, who we lost for the season with an ACL injury. Our starting left back came in, was a pit bull for us. Out. Jean Mota with a foot injury. Out. Um, for an extended period of time. Campana in and out of the lineup. Um Quarantine John ended up tearing his ACL. So all that, it was hard for the team to pick up traction, to pick up 
the the repetitions with each other in game in game out so it was tough on neville you know to bring in a rotation and stuff like that with all these injuries and and, and guys going down out of the lineup in a, in the lineup out of the lineup in the lineup out of the lineup so that's eventually where i thought the season started to go downhill with with those injuries you know piling quickly and right i don't know it was like right after the other is what it felt like Right, no, no, I, I vividly remember guys just start going down one by one. Um, Alejandro Cepero says that Gregory should have stayed. Uh, we'll definitely hit on that. We, uh, we'll hit we are that going later. to talk about yeah. that. Trust us, uh, the, the part of the, the season review as, as we go in, uh, I feel like we were, we're with you on, on that one, Alejandro. Thanks, yeah. uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we, we appreciate you. And here we have another comment. Sounds yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's Miami sports, man. The Heat, the Dolphins, and Inter Miami, where uh, you know injuries uh happen. <laughs> Absolutely. So all these injuries. The one positive I thought was um, that Phil Neville did take uh, the you know the injury riddled team and took it to. Uh, I mean still in Miami, but they took it to Miami FC Stadium here at FIU. Um, did pick up a win. The win featured a lot of the young guys. Noah Allen. Uh, I think Ruiz played in that game. It, it, it was a lot of the young guys because a lot of the veteran players kind of sat out. Um, it, yeah, I think they, it was they, a 1-0 win. Uh, you know, I was at that game. Inter Miami FC scored right off the bat. And I saw them score off a counterattack. You know, the guy plays, slots it in, uh, drops his shoulder. McVeigh goes, you know, sliding right. for attack. Yes. He slots it, you know, bottom left corner of calendar, nothing you can do. We end up mm -hmm. tying the game on a header, I believe, by Schneider Borgerlin. I want to say it's either Schneider Borgerlin, Ryan Saylor off a header, one of those two guys late in the game to send it into extra time. And I think we ended up winning with Joseph Martinez scoring the winning goal. I was it Joseph say. or Leo? I want to say, you know, Joseph or Leo. It's one of those two. I can't. I want to say Leo. I want to say Joseph, but I could be wrong. And it was the one positive in in um in Phil Neville's tenure during that season. Uh, you know, over the the course, I think Phil went six and ten over that stretch. You know, you you it's mentioned tough. injuries. It's tough. It's tough. Right, that that led to one of the biggest, uh, I guess, pins to fall, with um, Phil Neville being sacked. That 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 six and ten record, that Neville firing, it, it almost felt like it was coming. It just went. When was it coming? We had countless one goal defeats during that time. Mm -hmm. You, I understand there were injuries, but. You got to find a way to get a point at least. Find find the goal, find the point, and it's not it's not all on Phil. Joseph Martinez isn't the same player. wasn't the same player. So he couldn't return back to the glory days from Atlanta at all. That ACL injury absolutely slowed him down. He's not the Joseph Martinez of 2018, scoring 30, 33 goals in the season. It's not him. Um. So to put goals away during that time period felt like 
the biggest obstacle this team had ever come across. So, and in turn, those draws that could have happened, those wins that could have, you know, come across. <laughs> jo- Jordan most, says Losek yeah, Martinez. <laughs> he's not, I mean, listen, man, it, 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 it is what it is. He had a bad, he had a bad stint here. Um, and in turn, Neville took, took the brunt of it as, you know, most, as, as it is in most cases with, you know, a team struggling, you know, the manager is always the first to go. So, so it, it was, it felt like it was coming rather sooner rather than later. Right. I feel that right after that, that Neville firing, I mean, okay. The flirtation with everybody from uh, the Uruguayan striker Cavani uh, mm-hmm. to at one point, uh, Mbappe, Ronaldo. You had uh, Antoine Griezmann's name. You had ev- everybody name. was coming. Everyone who had everyone who had played for Barcelona, anyone who played in La Liga, anyone you had guys floating in names left and right. I was like, what is going on? I think Maradona at one point, right? May he rest in peace. Was was a uh, rumor yeah, to uh, Inter Miami. Joseph Maradona is going to score fifty goals for Inter Miami. <laughs> yes, but. You know, I saw the return of Gonzalo going, hey, call him up, see what he could. The guy's retired, you know, just let him be. <laughs> so, Neville gets fired. And like I said, all that flirtation in the past with the big name. However, mm-hmm. then comes the drop. Neville gets fired. Javier Morales takes over. The team, I think, went 1-3-3. and one, three, and three. Their only During win that was time. to Birmingham Legion FC in the Open Cup. A 1-0 A USL win. team. A USL team, yes. Right. Uh, the team did not seem to get any better. And then July 6th, we got the bomb. Messi was the, announced, confirmed. The big announcement. Yeah, he, uh, he, he si was muchachos. coming. Huh? Si muchachos, what he said yes. in his intro video. Yes, it was... I think it was. I, I think that bomb really quickly. That might have been the biggest story in American sports history, transfer history. I, I could say bigger than LeBron to Miami, LeBron to the Lakers, bigger than Jordan retiring and stuff. That that bomb moved mountains. What did the move signify to you? What did the move? The what? the ambitiousness of the club. What what Jorge Mas and the Mas brothers and Beckham always wanted was to bring a soccer team to Miami, a competitive soccer team, one that's going to play their brand of football and stuff like that. So to go out and go get Messi after he won the World Cup. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, you're right. That that you know. Yes. That to bring, you know, arguably the greatest soccer player of my generation. I mean the. Him and Ronaldo, the greatest soccer players of my generation. You know, you talk to other guys who are older. It's the Pelés and Maradonas, the Croix. But to bring I that love Maradona, but, magnitude, but I have a soft spot for Argentina. That magnitude of, of a player and Messi to come to Miami shows that, you know, the club is ready to take a step forward. Okay. Well, okay. So Messi comes, that bomb drops. Mm-hmm. But then you hear that Busquets and Busquets, Jordi Alba are also Jordi. coming. And it mm-hmm. almost brewed a second round of well and then name a Barcelona player who had played with Messi and 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 Rooney I I mean Alejandro says don't forget Rooney uh was Rooney uh at one point rumored to come to Inter I don't remember it but he might no 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 I think his thing is talking about 
the greats of Rooney. Oh, the, know, gr- or, or the greatness of Rooney. Or maybe even the magnitude of Rooney coming to the NMLS, just like Beckham came to the MLS. Those were great, you know, oh, that's names right. being dropped, but none of them were a Messi. Alex, Alex mentions Modric. Yeah, him. Modric him and, was, uh, was, also, was also, you know, rumored to have wanting, you know, they were trying to talk to him to get over here and stuff like that. So, and Sergio so, Ramos well, was the other one. Yes, they and, were, and were, I think the rumors still persist today. That uh, hey man, you never know. Neymar is uh, one that of those names that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy needs to recover and you know drop a little bit of weight. He's uh, the Saudi <laughs> league's uh, feeding him right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what? Same question. Um, you know, you you spoke about what Messi coming to Inter Miami came. What what do you think it meant for the club for those other guys? To come, and I'll give you this tidbit. News came out that both Busquets and Jordi Alba were surprised to find the physical demands that the MLS demanded from them in in coming on. But w- what did them coming coming mean to the team? That they wanted to be a part of it, be a part of the. Uh the building of this club, the structure going forward to set that, that that winning foundation to, so, you know, that veteran leadership for the young guys, you know, so they can build off them. Because realistically, these guys are much older. They're in their thirties already. You know, Bus- I think the youngest one of them is Jordi Alba. So, but having Busquets and Alba come along with Messi and then, you know, obviously we'll talk about bringing in Suarez brings a, a bridge from the older generation of soccer to, you know, bringing into, to, to bridge that gap with, yes, yes. To, to help the Kremashi grow, to help uh, Fagundo Farias grow, to help Campana, you know, those guys and Robert Taylor. And, you know, that's, that's what I think it meant to bring in those guys, uh, the Busquets and Alba. Alex, Alex, Alex Sanchez here had a question. He wanted to know, uh, what's the limit on international players on the MLS? Uh, I, I think I think we'll touch about the, we'll touch upon that as we speak about yeah, the transfers moves, in and out. Yeah, yeah, moves that have to happen from within the team in order uh, to be able to start the season. Uh, yep. But put a pin in it. We'll definitely get back. We'll, we'll get back to that comment. Um, so Messi and friends comes. Uh, Tata comes in. Uh, after you know, shortly after that. Um, that bomb is dropped. I think Tata's first game was with us June twenty eighth. Away at St. Louis. Yes. Yep. Give us a little bit of of what you thought the Tata hiring uh, signified, what it meant. Just what... I mean, if you watched the MLS when Tata was at Atlanta and they won the MLS Cup, and he had Joseph Martinez scoring boatloads of goals. And he had Miguel Almiron back there uh, with him playing the 10, you know. Atlanta United was a force. So it's Miami saw that and like, okay, he's coached at Barcelona. He's coached the Mexican national team. Granted, those two stints were not the best, I would say, especially the Mexican national team one. Yeah. But to have Tata Martino come in and be the the director, um, of this movie to call it 
Um, you're bringing a, a philosophy that you know is very for is 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 new to these players. You know, systematically formation personnel wise. So it it, it it's it, it was another ambitious hire by Inter Miami, I would say. You know, going after Tata Martino, who had you know been away from the game, I think for a year already, maybe a little maybe a, a little less. So that that's that's the type of hiring that they made. They made that you know, let's go get Tata Martino. He's done it before. He's he's think, Argentinian. He's Argentinian, you know, the whole right. mess, the Argentina, so that's that yeah, was my question. Do you think the Argentinian ties helped uh yeah. in, in that yeah. sense? I, yeah, I I would say yes. Okay. So Tata comes in <laughs> and he has a three 0 defeat. Um Messi's first game was I believe Cruz against Cruz Azul. Yep. Um he comes in, uh you know, plays that first game. There's a lot of fresh creativity, a lot of, you know, just looseness in terms of getting out in the attack. And and you see what could possibly be. Yes. Uh, tight game, 0-0. Zero, zero. Late challenge. And then you have that messy moment. That moment of magic. Well, and no, I think the game was 1-1. One, one. Was it one one? I believe we went up before they that. Scored, they scored, and then Messi gets a challenge outside the box, probably thirty two meters out. I would say thirty two, thirty five, somewhere in there. There's Alejandro Sepero was at that game. He has a video of the goal, I believe, that he sent me. Oh, but I remember watching that goal, and I was like, "He's here." He's arrived. If you if if Alejandro, thanks for for the comment earlier. If Alejandro can he, send that to us to our email, I think he has uh, that. I'd have to ask him. I'd, I'd have to get it from him. But I remember watching that game, and I was like, "He's here. He's arrived." And he only played forty five minutes. Right he, now, he, I remember when the challenge happened. You know, everyone's kind of walking around waiting. All the cell phones came out. Yeah, all of them. Mm-hmm. All of them. Everybody mm-hmm. was brimming with anticipation and we have here seeing that go live was the best moment of my life alejandro that's, that's, i hope you don't I know ha- i know i hope you don't have life. kids i'll tell you this right now if you do or don't, that I could know. be a comment that could that we'd really appreciate that I but know that, that's, that's a life. comment that could definitely get you in trouble that guy's a man united fan i know that's not the best moment of his life Ooh, being called out <laughs> So we have that that messy magical moment, and mm-hmm. it sparks this run. It sparks almost a little mini insanity, messy mania. Uh, you know, yeah. the team makes this run mm-hmm. through the League's, League's Cup. Cup. Yeah, yeah. they go seven and zero, and the final result is definitely one of. At least Cup champions. Right. What do you think and, and you see it there, Leagues Cup mm-hmm. Leagues Cup burnout. Um yep. you know what what did that run mean? Right, first of all. Winning that first trophy. And then what do you think the fallout from that was? So that run brought out players like Kramaski Kramaski and uh Robert Taylor, who to me were the second best players behind Messi in that run. Robert Taylor uh-huh. was absolutely insane. 
his link up play with Messi was something I've never seen before from a player who's never played with him. Mm-hmm. They 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 turned into the greatest duo in that league's cup run. Drake Chandler was playing out of his mind in penalty shootouts as well. Kramaski bald. Absolutely bald. He arrived. He cemented himself as one of the great young players in the MLS. So was it that uh, semifinal game that had um it, the penalties? Yeah, Alex Alex says they put all their eggs in that basket. I, I agree did. with that comment. I agree. No, no, I they did. They 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 did. They did. And Campano was also great. Campano, yes, Campano that, that front three with Messi, Campana, Robert Taylor, that was that was special. That and that league's cup run. Did they, yes, they did put all their eggs in that basket. This is where the burnout kind of happens. In doing so, you played all these games after Messi had just come over from playing in the French League, which to me is a farmer's league, and a couple of the guys in chat will agree. Um, but nonetheless, he played those games for PSG, about 30 games. He comes in for Inter Miami, gets the ball rolling, League's Cup games, League Cup games, League Cup games, and he's getting tackled. I, I remember, I guess, at Orlando City, um, he was getting... Yes, put on the floor it, quite, a few, like quite a few they times. Took it, Personally, they took yeah, it they said, themselves. "Hey, look, yeah. this is yeah, this is the MLS, and this is you know, we're not going to push over just because you're messy." So, right, yes, and and it that, took I a feel like that's the him. first game that got real testy with, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a, that was the first time that I saw Messi in the MLS. Was it? Oh my God, who's the somebody tackled him? It was a. A blonde player, yeah, no, and I don't and think Messi it was out right back into his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that happens. So then Messi's body starts to take a toll as a result of the league's cup run and playing all these minutes, playing all these games and stuff like that. So by the time we get back into MLS play, you know, you have him. He played maybe three MLS games. I want to say one being at New York Red Bulls, and he scored. The other one being a sub late in the season against Charlotte. And then the one in between, I can't remember what game he played. And he didn't even play the Open Cup, which was in between that Leeds Cup and the MLS Cup, you know. I run. think he was in and out. He was, But he was injured that game because he didn't play against Houston. So Messi picks yes. up a knock and then, you know, again, injuries are the other theme, injuries. You can't, you can't stay healthy. Um, it was too much of a deficit to make up at that point right. for us. That league cup, the the league's cup, kind of ushered us in to the U.S. Open Cup, where mm-hmm. we get to the final, as you said, against Houston. Yep. And you said in that Houston uh, game, Messi did not play. Did not. Whoa! Play. That the result was a two-one loss, I believe. Right with um the Mexican national, I think Hector Herrera scored. Hector Herrera, I don't know if it's Hector Herrera. No. I can't remember who scored that game. I can't remember if it was Corey. I don't know. That that game is just a blur because that game was just a production by the MLS. You know, they had goal music for 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 Houston Dynamo. They had their cup. It was just just a mess. You think it was a the MLS was experiencing a little bit of uh, messy fatigue at that point? You think? They they just pushed it so much, you know. They just pushed the whole Messi agenda way too quickly, you know. And just you know, Messi, 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 and just didn't let the league play out naturally. But it is what it is with that player, with the name of, of Messi. That that's what they're gonna do. And at that point, that Houston game, he didn't play like I said, and then it was just you know, and just a production, and unfortunately, Inter lost, and you know, 
the rest is history with the, the, way the MLS ended. was happy that, that somebody other than Messi was yeah 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 all right so that the end of that US Open um uh, final mm-hmm. we we lose in that final we get to the end of the season we're a, basically a mass unit and i felt that the end of the season just petered out. I know Messi missed missed a bunch of games. Busquets was was in and out. It it was yeah. just uber disappointing. It was just a who's who is gonna play. Yeah, who's who's gonna play? Who's not gonna play? Do we have enough to field eleven? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, no, I mean, it, it felt that way. No, it, that's what it felt like. Um, and you got. It, it just it was just a burnout you just they just burnt out as a as a team that that, that that's the simplest way to put it they couldn't overcome no, I, the large hump to get to the playoffs to get even to the seventh seed or anything like that so once once they drew or once they lost one of those games that they needed to win it was it was pretty much set right so inter miami and and you know they head into the off season um we won our first trophy, although some people will say it's our second trophy. I believe Inter Miami did win a preseason tournament. Um, yes, yes. Charlotte's Cup was it? Charleston Charles. something. Charleston yes. Classic Cup, the preseason thing, where we had yes. Ariel Lasseter running down the wing. <laughs> so, although this was our first official trophy, there yes. was one uh, Charleston Classic trophy in, in, in the case already. But after after yeah. winning that trophy, I felt that the end of the season was very disappointing, and and you know, yeah. we finished second to last in in what was a a season filled with magical moments. But as you can see here, it it really didn't bear out that way. No, I mean you you mentioned we, we, it off camera that we we started three. No, we, we started, started three, 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. We and were, we had MLS came out with power rankings and they had us at three. I was like, what are we doing? Like when we started 2-0, that their first, you know, two games, their first weekly right. power rankings. Inter Miami at two. I was like, okay, look, we've arrived. We I am I gonna say that we're gonna win the East? No. Are we gonna be competitive? Probably. That's what the team gave. But like I said, you started two and oh. You finished with nine wins seven wins the rest of the way seven yep. wins in 32 games mm-hmm. and and I'll, I'll tell you this it felt that way watching the team at times it just like it there were times where i, I went into games, games would and, drag games would drag yes and it was going in my mind was how are we gonna fuck this up this time how are we going to lose how are we gonna like, have we have a draw in the 85th minute how are we gonna let them score how and I'll tell you this: every single goal. time in my head was, "Don't, don't give him a corner," because every goal was off of a corner somehow. We'll talk about that later. Our set piece defense off a corner, but those games, going back to Joseph Martinez, as Jordan called him, Jordan Joseph Martinez had multiple chances in those games to put a goal or two away, and he just couldn't find it. Like he was missing. Easy chances. There he is. Our boy, our boy Jordan Lorenzo with that comment. Joseph Martinez. 
Yeah, I mean, he just could, he just couldn't find it. And at times, I'm like, why are we not starting Campana? Campana, you know, when when healthy, Campana can score. Listen, Camp- I'm a Campana advocate. I, the uh, more as Campana am I. I see, the more the, the more as am I. I feel he should be out there. As am I. He he is a he's a nine he's a nine. He can win the ball in the air. He can strike it with power. He has you know touch in the box. He can hold the play. So that's where I wanted him Campana to play more last year. You know, in those me, games that, you know, we were trying to find a goal or something like that, you know. Yeah, to me, one of the most, and and some people will use it as a knock, and I see it differently. One of the most iconic plays from Campana was late in the season. I don't remember what game it was. He had a breakaway, and he deked the keeper. You're talking about and, against Nashville in the League Cup final. Right. Oh, he, yeah. He before, going into, Busquets, before going into extra Busquets time, right? Played him. Yeah, Busquets played him. He knocked it around the keeper, and then he tried to he knocked he knocked the pass the keeper. Tried to slide it in with his right or left with his, he slid with his right. Tried to knock it in the near post, but it he just didn't have the angle to get it. And to me, that effort, that grit, that fight is kind of what I want to see in in a forward. To me, in a striker, it's I feel that Iwain. Um, Joseph at times were very. I'm not gonna make a run because I don't want to get tired. Uh, let me see how this plays off. If, yeah, yeah. yeah, let me see how this plays off, and if there's an opportunity, fine. I'll go. Like that. Nothing is more frustrating as a fan than to see that. To me, Campana, whether he's great or not, to me is there. He'll give you he's, the effort. He's gonna give you the effort. You know, right? That. And and. He's a taller guy, stronger mm-hmm. guy. You know, like you said, wins in the air can can give us a little bit of a of a different look. Yeah, yeah. Th- then that Messi, who's a lot more technical, uh, he's a lot more physical, and and I feel it's, it's something that this team needs. Yeah. But you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Miami finishes second to last behind Toronto, who had four lowly wins. Um, mm-hmm. and we go. Beaten, battered um, into, into the offseason. Um, there's a lot of talk of, again, the rumor mill starts, who's coming, who's not. Um, you know, the club earlier that season had made a lot of a lot of contractual moves. I believe that yeah, uh, they uh, had extended, in October. Yeah, they extended Kamal Miller. Kamal Miller, in, yeah. A big, a big contract extension. Through, yep. Mm-hmm. Through I believe they gave, I believe. Yeah, and Gregory, they also gave a, a yep. contract extension to. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I can see the beginnings of what they're building. Of this, what yeah, was your thoughts on, on, on those long-term contracts that they gave okay. out? So, Kamal Miller comes over from Montreal on a trade. Mm-hmm. The you Canadian know? National? The Canadian International, yep. Um, To a position that Inter Miami is very, very thin at. We do not have a lot of center backs. We've gone through center backs like a revolving door. It seems. Oh, did, did we lose Mark? I think we might have lost him here for a second. Uh, yeah, he was talking about uh, center backs. I know that that you know Kamal was a young guy. A piece I thought that they 
they really got to build around um, someone who was very raw, but I think uh, you know, was going to be able to. Oh, he's back. Well, I was talking about Kamal Miller, how you know he was a young guy that I thought was really going to be able to build, grow, you know, within you know the t- team structure. Mark, are you there? Can you hear us? I I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Um. Yeah. So come on, that's Samuel Kamal Miller. You know, like I said, at a position. I think we're having a little bit of trouble with his connection there. Um. Yeah. So, you know, come on, Miller. They give him. They gave him an 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 extension. Uh. Yeah. Brandon says Campana's the boy. Uh. Trust me. We are Campana advocates here. We we definitely want want him to see the field more. Um, Inter Miami started making moves. Um, they gave you know those those contract extensions, and then you know the MLS realizes that they have that Inter Miami is completely out of compliance. Moves start happening. Um, you know, all of these things happen, and we do have here graphics of guys that they make moves uh you know where they exit the team here we go we have mark back uh i was talking about how you know they gave the extensions to kamal and and gregory and then they start making moves which at at a certain point made no sense you know yeah that kamal miller still strikes me i don't know why we did that and traded him to portland um it's a position that we need we are thin, like I keep staying at that position. So letting him go is very difficult for me. You know, where a guy like Sergey is a bit older, you know, a guy like Toto's, you know, young and aggressive and, you know, not all, he hasn't played all that many games for us and stuff like that. I, I think Kamal Miller was solid for us. So letting him go was, was you know, head scratching to, to say the least. And the Gregory one was, you know, as Alice said, Sepero, um, that he should have stayed. I agree. That was our guy. That was our captain. One hundred percent. Our rock, the pit bull. The you know, identity the guy, to this team. The, the, the... I think we may have lost Mark one more time. Um. Just to point out some of the some of the moves here uh, on the graphic, uh, Jake Lacava, his option was declined. Uh, we we let him go. Uh, we loaned out Edson Ascona. I think news came out a, a couple of days ago uh, to a Las Vegas club, and we loaned uh, Emerson Rodriguez, I believe, out to um, Millonarios, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And the last bit of news is that. Victor Ulloa, although his contract was not renewed, his con- his uh option was declined. He did decide to um to uh retire. Uh, he retired from from the league. Um, I was just touching upon the Jake Lacava uh, decline uh, option, the Edson and Emerson Rodriguez loan, and the retirement of Ulloa. But if we can go through the rest of them, uh, the Joseph Martinez transfer out. think did we lose mark one more time let's see here 
But yeah, so uh, I believe Joseph Martinez uh, was transferred to Montreal. Uh, Kamal Miller was transferred to Portland. Uh, I know that uh, Nicolas Stefanelli was uh, transferred to a Hungarian team. Uh, Christopher McVeigh was, if I'm not mistaken, transferred. I'm not really sure who was transferred. I know that Gregory left to uh, the Brazilian team um, in a in a roster compliance move. And and as as Mark was saying, um, that that Gregory um, that Gregory transfer is it it hurt a lot of fans because I I believe we saw in Gregory what um, you know what we all wanted. Alejandro says Greg was our captain and had so much passion, and it was a mistake to let him go. We agree. I, I think that Mark and I both both agree, and, and I think fans would also agree that um, him being the pit bull, him being that that stalwart. Um, I know Busquets is very technical. Busquets is very, uh, you know, a talented guy, but he's he's a very calm demeanor, a very um, you know, stoic, kind of calm at all times. Gregory was that fiery, uh, you're not going to mess with us uh, type of personality that I think gave, you know, the team a lot of push sometimes in terms of, um, you know, just a lift when you needed him to be physical. Now, Gregory was guaranteed yellow card every single game. Um, You know, you knew at some point he was going to miss uh, a game or two throughout the season uh, due to yellow card accumulation. Um, but definitely on board with you, Alejandro. He was, he is, I think, um, the most uh, kind of like our, our, our Udonis Haslam, for those that are uh, Miami Heat, um, Miami Heat, um, I think we have Mark back. Can you hear us, Mark? Mark, hello? Seems we don't have him back yet. Uh, yeah, he, he was our, our, our Udonis Haslam uh, guy um, <clears throat> in terms of, of that physicality. Let's see here. Uh, after those transfers, um, we had uh, a lot of movement from within... Um, from within, oh, Mark, can you hear me? If um, are you are you are you back? We can't hear Mark just yet. Um, but the league had a lot of movement in terms of um, talent coming in and out. Um, you know, one of the biggest acquisitions was Luis Suarez. He came from Gremio and back here to enter Miami a big move that made a lot of <clears throat> that made a lot of news was Hugo Lloris from Tottenham uh being transferred to um LAFC it's a move that I don't understand um maybe maybe Mark <clears throat> might give us a little bit of uh, Alex says Mark must have spectrum listen uh, I've heard I've heard a lot of things about Spectrum uh, down down here in Miami. 
he may have Xfinity. I'm not going to lie to you guys. He may have Xfinity. Um, but Miles Robinson changes scenery. He goes from Atlanta United to Cincinnati, who won the Supporter Shield. So he's going to be a big ad- addition to them, um, looking to dethrone Columbus um, in that championship. Um, Emil Forsberg came from a big club in Leipzig uh, down to New York Red Bulls. Uh, and then we have the return of two U.S. internationals uh, from abroad. I know that Zach Steffen was, you know, his rights were held by Man City. He was loaned out to a couple of places and just could not get any playing time. And when he got playing time, he just did not look good. So maybe a return back stateside will make him more comfortable, put him back back on a path to, uh, you know, playing well uh, night in, night out, but and even challenging Matt Turner uh, for that number one uh, keeper spot in the U.S. men's national team. Um, I know that um, Mihailovic, big talk about his mark, to, uh, his um, move to uh, the Netherlands. Um, it, it was just a failed, not a failed attempt. It just, he just could not thrive. He could not find his footing. It wasn't his best season. Uh, transferred back to Colorado. Colorado finished last in the West. Uh, so they definitely stepped up and, and made all these moves. Hopefully, uh, you know, they see themselves as, as challenging out in the West. Uh, but two big moves to the Liga MX. Um, was oh we got our boy back? Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I was. Oh uh, gosh, down the list of of players. Yeah, you probably covered everything in that time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. Uh, I was uh, about to cover the moves of Kate Cowell and Brendan Vasquez from the MLS uh, to Liga US MX. Internationals going to Liga MX. You know. Yeah. What? What? Two. What? What do you see? What does that yeah. tell you? Uh, two big players going leaving you know, the MLS going to Liga MX. Yeah, everyone that's a U.S. men's national team fan, you know, we don't want guys in the MLS. We want products in Europe and other leagues and stuff like that. So, if this is a stepping stone for Kate Cowell and Brandon Vasquez, who maybe has an outside <laughs> chance of getting in that senior team, Kate Cowell down the road, you know, probably gets in that team. It's a good move for both of them. Do you I think? think- that they'll use these moves to Liga MX as stepping stones to Europe, or do you think Liga it, MX is kind of their their ceiling, their their cap? I mean, it, only time will tell, especially with Cade. <laughs> you know, him having played with the U.S. men's youth U twenty one team in the U twenty one World Cup, right? You know, a lot of teams, you know, scouts saw him play and stuff like that. So this could be a, a stepping stone for him, and I think it's a it's a it's a move for him to to grow his game outside of the U.S. And, you know, eventually, hopefully for him and his career, you know, takes it to Europe someday. Okay. Um, I said that I didn't understand the Ugo Yoris move from Tottenham to LAFC. Do you have thoughts on that? You know, Ugo Lloris, you know, a short-arm keeper, not tall in stature, not a great penalty stopper, you know. Is he going to produce in the MLS? Probably. You know, he was, he did win a World Cup with France. 
is he going to be, you know, the next great thing in the MLS? Who knows? I mean, for LAFC, who had just won it with John McCarthy, who was an Inter-Miami backup, you know, our first two years. And I'm and sorry, he, had, he was terrible here. Yeah, and then comes out, you know, Maxime Cripo breaks his leg in that final against, oh, who did LAFC beat? Colorado, I want to say. Or New um, York City FC, it, that Gareth, Gareth Bale scored the, the header. Yeah. You know, had only played like three games, you know. He probably played a round of golf before showing up to the stadium, you know. <laughs> the guy comes in yeah. and puts in a header. Uh, yeah. I, I want, it might, yeah, I think you're right. It could have been one of those two teams. Not Colorado, because Colorado's in the West, so it's New York, Um, I want to say. Um, it, 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 Trying to think back. It's, and, and it's that, the, that, that LAFC team's weird. Now, you have Aaron Long as a center back, who I do not like. I do not like Aaron Long one bit. And they lost Giorgio Fiorini. <sighs> they also have no Carlos Vela and no Kellen Acosta. So what is that LAFC team made of? Well, Carlos Carlos is a free agent. He just doesn't yeah, have a club. No, Giorgio yeah, yeah. retired. And Kellen Chicago just signed Kellen. Yes, yes. Um, and then they have Dennis Buanga, who's, probably, who's you know, top five goal scorer in the MLS um, season in, season out. Um, but, you know, there was speculation that he wants to transfer out. So I'll give you – can I give you a comparison? Yeah, and it's a question it. I ask. Okay. Do you think uh, – I feel that these two players, Ugo and who I'm about to mention, have similar builds, similar skill sets, and one was – very resurgent in the late stage of his career. Do you think Hugo Lloris has any similarities to Kaylor Navas? No. I think Kaylor Navas is clear <laughs> and above and beyond Lloris by 10,000 steps. I mean, okay. Kaylor Navas came into that World Cup with Panama. No, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, excuse me. Costa Rica, uh, Brian Ruiz. Um, he absolutely shined in that in that World Cup. Um, made that move to Real Madrid. Was a ball that Madrid league, was a Champions League winner. And that's where people disrespect, you know, Keylor Navas. That guy is a Champions League winner. So he has played in big games. Late in his career, I think he was thirty nine. No, 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 no. He he's he's not that old. Um, he 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 played. He was not the youngest when he got to Madrid, but he wasn't the oldest. No, but I I think Kaylor's now somewhere in that thirty nine. Oh, I mean, he he might be. I don't know the exact age of Kaylor Navas. I mean, um, I know he made a move to Nottingham Forest last year to finish the season from PSG. Right. Now he's back at PSG. You know, playing you know maybe cup games instead of uh, Donnarumma. So, Taylor now is thirty-seven I, at the time, at present moment. I don't think that Hugo Lloris is ever gonna step in the same room as Taylor Navas goalkeeping wise. To me, at least to me, I'm not saying Hugo Lloris is terrible, but with Taylor Navas, I think Taylor is is better. Given that he doesn't have a World Cup and all that stuff, but I think Taylor is better. So you think this is more of a of a last stop for uh, Ugo, not a uh, a, a place I mean, where he can have a resurgence. This is this is probably a last stop, I would say. If not, it's a two year thing. 
goes back to France, you know, plays in a club there and goes off into the sunset. So it could be the makings of a last stop. Okay. okay. Of, of a last, you know, couple years playing. Right. Well, we have, um, I was speaking about the other moves that the league had made. Uh, the Emil Forsberg uh, transfer over from Leipzig. Yep, coming over to New York Red Bulls. You know, mm-hmm. it's a move that he had made. You know, he discussed it with his family. It's time to go, time to leave Leipzig, time to go to Red Bull, stuff like that. So he's a center mid, you know, ball. You know, he can play ball over the top, ball on the ground, ball between defenders. You know, he's going to settle that game down for New York Red Bull. Um, coming over from the Bundesliga, he has that experience. So, And then the last move, um, yeah, last move to discuss is the Luis Muriel move. That's the one I want to get to. You have a guy that was in Atalanta with Duvan Zapata a couple years ago. You know, Atalanta was putting up four or five goals a game in Serie A. They were a powerhouse in that offensive attack. And Luis Muriel and, and Duvan Zapata, two Colombian internationals, you know, were, 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 at, were at the head of it. So to come over to, to Orlando City, you know, to play alongside a Duncan Maguire with a Fagundo Torres, um, with an Ojeda, you know, that, that attack is, is, is lethal now. So that gives another, you know, person to worry about in the East specifically for Inter Miami, along with Hani Mukhtar. And a rival. Yeah, a Thiago Almada. Yes. Um, what is the the Jokimakis? I believe Jokimakis is the the striker for for Atlanta United who came on last season and absolutely balled. That guy made oh, challenge yes. for the for the for the Golden Boot. So and Luciano Acosta who plays for Cincinnati, who's the reigning MVP. The, I mean, you have guys left. He's and right. he's mighty mouse. You have guys left and right that are going to cause problems, especially you know for our back line with all these you know transfers in. Right. So. Inner Miami, we discussed the transfers out. We see all the moves that the MLS as a league makes. And then you say, well, here are the moves that Inter Miami made coming in. What is it? What do you see here? Explain to me what, what you think the team is thinking in terms of each one of these moves. All right. Top to bottom, we can start. Luis Suarez, you know, the resume speaks for itself. There's obviously those questions with knees. He's 39 years old, 38 years old, 39, one of the two. He has really, really bad knees. There's a lot. There, there's like no tread left on those tires for him. You can see it when he plays. Yeah, you you can physically, you can visibly look at him and say, those knees are not right. So you bring him in to play alongside his best friend, Messi, and... Busquets and Alba, and hope that there is some sort of revival. It's it's not it's not like that, you know. Can I? It's not saying that he's not going to score goals in the MLS, but I don't think you know, twenty five goals is realistic. Can he? If he was younger, of course, yeah, that guy's putting away forty, but those knees, you know, just not going to do it for him. Is What's your expectation a, of of him this season then? And I would say, you know. Solely him, you know, 15, 17 goals would be good, I think. Okay. When you, and you have Messi, you know, Taylor, Campana helping out, you know. I don't I don't believe it solely has to be on him, but 15, 17, if, if he stays healthy. 
if he stays okay. healthy and he finishes his chances, like the world class, you know, striker he is known to be, then I can see a fifteen to seventeen goal season. Okay, and and uh, what what do you think about Julian coming in? Julian Russell, MLS Cup champion with Columbus Crew last year, has played with Data or played under Data at Atlanta United. Versatile defensive wing back and then winger. Um, excuse me, midfielder, center mid. Uh, you can play out wide as a right mid. You can play out wide as a right winger, out in the back in a five back as a right wing back. You know, attacking has good uh, instincts to drop back to come back on defense. So I think he's gonna help us in that uh, in that aspect of that center mid aspect and giving Busquets maybe a little more freedom to play a little higher than he would like. And then have okay. Russell, you know, just drop in, you know, defensively and help out the defense and, and help out the, the back line and play in front of the back line at times. So that's where I think he's going to be a fit for us. Okay. Next, I want to talk about the t- next two guys on the list and one that's not on there simply because he wasn't a transfer in. Uh, so we have Tyler Hall, Israel Bolt, right? Both homegrown guys coming up to the senior team. And then the draft pick. Uh, Yannick Bright. Yes. Give us, give us what you, what you think of the young guys earning senior team contracts, and what you expect from them, and the draft pick that we saw play with against new old boys, uh, Yannick Bright. So touching on Tyler and Israel, I think Israel is more ahead of Tyler right now, judging okay. based off you know, Inter Miami two games and just seeing a little bit of. Of him play, both defenders uh, at a need need both position. Defend, both both to me are, are insurance signings, insurance insurance call ups. You know for that outside defender, you know position. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, Yannick Bright was uh, when he came on for Busquets in that Vassell Kobe game, and he started an NOB game, the New Wells Old Boy game, uh, mm-hmm. as a six. I thought he played very well. So I expect to see him in the mix, in the rotation at times. Okay. To give, you know, the older guys a bit of rest. And so that going forward, you might see Yannick Bright more than you ex- you expected. So it's a name to watch out for for Inter Miami this season. You expect to see Yannick Bright more than both? Well, you said uh, yeah, Israel was ahead than farther ahead I, than I, Tyler. Yeah. You expect, expect to see Yannick over Israel? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Okay. Especially Next is... Especially with, you know, Franco Negri, you know, starting to ramp up his uh, training again. So that gives an outside back, you know, rest in, in, in Jordi Alba. So I think you see Franco Negri as well, giving Tyler Hall less of an op- opportunity to play. Okay. Uh, I know that we have from, I believe it was Pumas, we have Nicolas Freire on loan. Yes. Um, he's a center back. You saw a little bit of him against NOB. What what were your thoughts, and what do you, where do you see him fitting in this team? So his contract originally is from Pumas. He is on loan at Olympiacos. That's where he is loaned to us from right now, from Olympiacos okay. through Puma. So, you know, it's a center back. It's a replacement for Kamal Miller. I mean, this is why I don't know why we let go of Kamal Miller to sign Freire, uh, to loan in Freire. But it's probably one of those things that deals with roster compliance or, you know, salary dump or stuff like that. But he's going to be a center back who's going to play alongside. He right now is not fit for 90 minutes. It was said yesterday and, you know, he said it. 
that he's nursing a quad injury. Um, he's questionable for tomorrow. I think he might play. If he does start, he might go 50, 60 minutes, bring in Ryan Saylor to relieve him. But he gives, a, you know, that veteran voice, you know, in the back to help out, you know, Toto, who's a younger kid, um, to calm him down, to say the least. Okay. To give, now, to give we assurance did... to the back line. Right. Now, we did have an offer extended to Franco Escobar. We don't know where that's at. The one signing that is confirmed is Federico Redondo. Now, there's a lot of hype around this kid. Can you explain to me what we should expect with with this signing? Uh, This is a kid who showed out for Argentina's U23 squad in the Olympic qualifiers. Um, He is a six in all its glory. He is, you know... What Busquets was, or not what Busquets, but that position. I'm not going to say he is what Busquets was. He is that position that Busquets played at Barcelona, the six. You win the ball, you take a defender on in the midfield, and you play it out. You play an over-the-top ball, you settle down the back line, you're in front of the back line, you put out fires to say, and that that's what he's going to be for us. He's going to play, hopefully, in a double pivot, with Busquets next to him, giving Busquets a little more freedom to venture off into uh, the opposing midfield and, you know, find Messi, find Suarez, find Taylor and stuff like that. He is going to be a player to watch for us, like, hands down. I am but excited for him. He's more of a do-the-dirty-work kind of guy, not a you're-going-to-score-30-goals kind of no, guy. No, 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 no. Can he give you a goal off a set-piece? Sure, yeah, of course. Um, But he's not, he's not going to give you... 10 goals a season, he's going to stop maybe 10 goals in the season. You know, just him, but he is a player to keep your eye on. Okay. And touching awesome. on the Franco Escobar, we did reach out. Yes. Um, there was no, there was, in a, there was no agreement by the player or anything like that. There is an offer out there for him. He is an outside back for Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Argentinian, surprise, surprise. So we'll see what happens with him. <laughs> Right, so with roster compliance and, and all of the talk in terms of yeah. them needing to make moves, you know, getting rid of guys, um, going back to touching a question, uh, do we know what the limit on international players is in the MLS? Okay, so I've been, I, I saw it today and I can't, I, I believe the limit is 10, 10 okay. or 11, and we had 11 or 12, so that's why Gregory, who took up an international slot and a DP spot is did no he was he a DP player? Did we buy him he down? Was a DP. Okay. The one okay. that was not a DP or was a young designated player was Campana. He was not a full DP. Robert okay. Taylor does not have a designation because he does have a green card. Okay. And then the other one that I thought they were gonna move was Coco Jean, who is an international player. And I wouldn't be surprised if we make a move in the summer transfer window for maybe a defender or something like that, and he is one to give up the uh, international spot. Okay, so you think that there are still moves to make? Yes. Okay. Now, yeah, yeah. Right now we're roster compliant. We're we're good to go for Wednesday. That was all cleared up today as the Gregory deal yeah. went through. Greg, News came Gregory, out. Okay. Yeah, Gregory made nine hundred thousand last year, so that salary, you know, you had to dump it. I that as much as I hate it. I, I, you know, 
MLS and the roster rules, you know, they got to change it. They got to get with the yeah. times and stuff like that. Like, you know, if you have Gregory on this team with a Redondo and a Busquets, you know, who going, knows? going back to what one of the comments, I don't know if you missed it, but Alejandro said, yeah, Gregory yeah. was our know. captain. Mm-hmm. He was, he had, he had so much passion. It was a mistake to let him go. At the time, I said I agreed with him. What are your thoughts on that comment? I, I, he know, Alan knows my stance on Gregory. Um, I, I loved Gregory as a player. Like just that, the embodiment of Inter Miami was Gregory. That was him. He, he took on, you know, the captain, the captaincy of the, of, of the team. You know, he was the voice. He was the leader. So seeing him go was rough for, and I'm sure I, I'm not the only one. Who feels like that? Who follows Inter Miami? Uh, if you ask, you know, those hardcore fans who've been there since day one, they they, they can probably say the same thing. So right. it, it, it was tough. So now that we've transfers in and out, um, roster compliance and and all that yummy stuff, offseason yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, news comes out that Inter Miami wants to go on a world tour. Uh, play that's going to be their preseason, their warm ups this season. Um, you know, they make a trip and you know, they head to different places around the world. And we have here the Inter Miami World Tour. Talk to us what you saw, just a, a brief synopsis on yeah. what you saw in, in each one of the games. A lot of goals for the opposition, not a, not a <laughs> lot for not a lot for us. Um, no, but you know, El Salvador was tough. We lose Fagundo Farias to a torn ACL. Awesome. That field was terrible. Great start to the season. But what's new? It's CONCACAF. You know, those fields are not great. So why even go there? Why go there? Second, FC Dallas, I saw bits and pieces of, uh, I'm pretty sure Fedeira scored on a, uh, counterattack. I think on the top back, he scored like three seconds in. I'm I'm sure it was a counterattack, you know, because we give those (laughs) up like, like, like. Like, they're lottery tickets. Um, the Al-Hilal game, uh, you know. We, we went down, down 3-0 three, three in the first in 20 like minutes. First 20 minutes, I, I was like, what is going on? That team is first place in the Saudi League with a plus 50 goal differential. Why are we, like, I know why we're there because, you know, money talks. and Right. Know, it made no sense to play those two teams in back to, like, with two days apart. And Al-Hilal and Al-Nasser. And the Al-Nasser game was just a joke of a game and they did not even have Ronaldo or Sadio Mane playing so yeah that was supposed to be the the, the been, Messi yeah, yeah, Ronaldo yeah, yeah. game but it might have been 10-0 if Sadio Mane plays like like uh, luckily he was at AFCON and stuff like that so we didn't play him Hong Kong team who is like no dis- Hong Kong team why are we playing Hong Kong team what are they get like our lone victory on, that's why man. we played them so we can win one I mean uh, that game was at like three in the morning. I don't. I did not watch it. The same thing with Cassell Kobe. I mean, I saw highlights of that first game. Uh, the Hong Kong team. You know, Messi didn't play, but you know, Campana played, and the other young guys played. So it was good to get their feet wet. You know, get 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 their feet. You know, running, getting ready for the season. The Vassell Kobe game. Busquets takes a hard tackle to the ankle. He gets hurt. That's where Yannick Bright steps in and you know plays well. And then the Newell Old Boys, Newell's Old Boys game. Um, good first half. Uh, once we made our subs, we kind of you know let go of the rope to say the least. You know they got a goal in like the eighty something minute. 
Right. Hollander played good, you know, had chances to score. Messi had some chances to score. Diego Gomez, you know, uh, had had some chances to score. So a lot of uh, bright spots here and there in that last game. Any concerns in terms of results of that world tour? You know, being only winning one time against the Hong Kong team and not really being able to score or pull out a result. I would say, yeah, maybe not pulling out a result against Kobe, a result against El Salvador, a result against Dallas. So those are those are games that you need to win if in a preseason world tour that if you want to be, you know, taken serious in the MLS. Right. So that leads us to world the uh, world tour ends. Now tomorrow we have Real Salt Lake. It's the beginning of a new season filled with hope, filled with optimism. Um, you know, and the first team we play is Real Salt Lake. Uh Real Salt Lake's, you know, a good team out west and you know, Real Salt Lake is unbeaten in the last 15 season openers. The question yeah. is, can Miami snap that streak? Um, what do you see in terms of this game uh, between Real Salt Lake and Inter Miami? Well, this is the first meeting between these two clubs. Um, Real Salt Lake finished fifth last year in the West, ended up losing on penalties in game three in that best-of-three series to Houston. So, you know, they are an experienced team, but they do have a lot of speed, especially with Diego Luna, Chicho Arango, and Joseph Sabarino. Those three guys are the, are, are, are the three-headed monster for their attack, to say the least. Those are the guys that, you know, you need to, you know, put eyes on. Make sure they're not picking up the ball into space, making those runs at our center backs with, you know, our, you know, our center backs running, looking at Drake Callen, trying to find a position, you know, where to stop him. So that, that's, that, that count, um, the counterattack with the way we play is going to be very crucial. Defending the counterattack. Right. I mean, Diego Luna picks up the ball. We've seen, I've seen him play for U.S. men's national team. He can play down the middle as a 10. He can play out wide as a winger. Chicho Arango is their, is their number nine. They play a, Dual number nine with Savarino as well, so they both they, they they all three can score. Um, it just depends on what Real Salt Lake team comes out, because they have a tendency to you know just lay down and not not play, or if they're up for the challenge. And given the the names on our roster, I would say they might be up for the challenge tomorrow. <laughs> you think that there's a there's still a little bit of that? Oh, we're playing Inter Miami, the team that everyone crowns as champions. Hold on. Hold our beer. There might be, but, you know, if Inter Miami want to start the season strong, they definitely have to, have to, you know, put a stop to this, you know, nonsense of, you know, conceding late, not, not being able to score and, you know, play for real, to say the least. You know, let's go out. Let's go. Let's go beat these guys. Let's go get three points. Let's go, you know, let's go put in a good, a good performance. Okay. You mentioned Diego Luna. And then we've talked here and there about uh, just the bright spots on on this Inter Miami team. Um, give, I'm going to put up a graphic here. Give talk to me a little bit about some of the rising stars. I, I you know, we'll talk about the Inter Miami rising stars just you know brief because I know we've talked about them. And then give us a little bit on on the rising stars that we may see uh, throughout the MLS season. 
I'll, I'll touch on the MLS guys first. Um, okay. Like I said, Diego Luna, you know, already with uh, Ralph Salt Lake and the U.S. men's youth teams and, and stuff like that, the U21 teams. He was on that U21 World Cup team uh, on the ball um, as a 10, as a winger, short guy, stout, almost like a Shakiri-esque body type. Not as big, though, but like a right, short, okay. stout guy. Um, he looking to have a breakout season and possibly make that move like Kate Cowell did to another club outside the U.S., depending on how he plays. Um, next, Noel Buck, midfielder. Um, U19 for, you know, has U.S. men's and England nationality. I think he's played for England already. Um, he he is a, a midfielder who can play any ball come back on defense, be a ball winner. He's a box-to-box guy. So that's another kid to look out for. Jalen Neal is another one, defender for LA Galaxy, who Inter-Miami will see in the second game of the season as we as we go out west. Uh, U.S. Men's International was on the Nations Cup or Gold Cup camp. I can't remember he, which he, one. I, I remember him getting some time with, with yeah. the national team. He's going to get some time. He's going to get time with LA Galaxy. He's a name to watch out for for those inter I mean for those uh US men's national team fans. He's he's a name just as uh Caleb Wiley is, you know, left back attacking left back uh for LA United. Reminds me a lot of uh Anthony Robinson who plays for Fulham who is okay. starting left back for uh US men's national team. Um similar type of body type, fast, strong, uh can whip in a pass, you know. Things like that. And then you have who I think is one of the better young players in the league is Talis Mango, who is a winger for NYCFC. I've seen him play when they played uh, Inter Miami. He's always given us problems. Um, he's looking to grow this season. I think he takes that, that next that next step. Now, you, you talked about the Inter Miami guys. We know, you, yep. you know, you spoke about Benha, Yannick, um... You gave us a, a good scouting report on Federico, and then you spoke about Israel. The one guy you haven't spoken about is Tomas Aviles. Toto, give yeah. us give us a breakdown because I feel out of out of all of these guys, Ben has out for two months with that sports hernia. The guy we're going to see the most of at the beginning, and the guy who is going to, at one point, I feel be the anchor of the back line is, is Tomas Aviles. Give us what you think about him. He is a young center back and young in every way he is he has his talent is not I mean he's got the talent his game is not uh refined he needs to polish that up specifically with the aggression yes you want a center back to be aggressive but you do not want them to be stupid you want them to put in tackles when the tackles need to be made and not make nonsensical tackles in the open field and get a yellow card or get sent off which in the case with him, he did a couple times last season, and you saw it. Um, I do think he's going to mature as the season goes on. And having that, like I said, this is where Nicholas Freire or Sergei comes into play. You know, having that veteran guy next to him to calm him down, to give him, you know... The, mentor on the, the field? Yeah. Um, to give him that calming sense, you know, hey, just play freely, but don't lose your mind and stuff like that. I think you're going to see Toto start to take that next step. He's only 19, so... Right, he's got room. He's he's got room to grow, 
but he's, okay. he, he's going to be our guy that starts, I, I think, every game at that center back position. Okay. Now, now that we've, we've touched on every aspect, we, we've given you what we expect Real, Real Salt Lake game to be a little bit. Time for the hot takes. That's why we're here. Uh, where do you see give, – give me a number. Where do you see Inter-Miami finishing? What, in your opinion, makes it a successful season? And what do you think will will satisfy fans in terms of where you want this team to end? And do we win a champ? And do we win against Real Salt Lake? I'm sorry. Okay, I'll start with the where I see us winning, and I'll end with a with a prediction of the game. Um, okay. For Inter Miami to be successful, what 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 does that entail? That first, they need to stay healthy. So if that if all that goes to plan, you can I can see them realistically finishing anywhere from first to fifth in that top five of the East. Okay. I don't want to see us in six or seven. Five is it, it hurts to say, but you know, if we get into five, we get into five and we make a run, but. You know, with the roster that we have and all the expectations and the target on your back, you need to perform. There are four trophies up for grabs. You have, well, if the MLS gets it right, four. But that Open Cup is still, you know, yeah, that, to be determined. That, that's, so that's, that's, league, that's a mess all on its own. You have the League's Cup. You have MLS Cup. You have the CONCACAF Champions League. Yes, that's a big one. In, Inter-Miami is playing in, in all three of those. You know that league's cup. I I could. I'm okay not winning that league's cup. It's it's it means nothing to me. You're in the MLS. Win your domestic league. Win the league. That's what you want from this team. That's what the goal was when Inter Miami was brought into fruition by David Beckham. We're gonna make a team that's gonna be competitive. That's gonna win the league. Go win it. You have Lionel Messi. You have Luis Suarez, Busquets, and a plethora of players who have produced, who can produce, who can compete. Now put it all together and go win the league. Now, that's where everyone says, whoa, 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 you're putting too much on them. I'm not. You have you, you have you have the roster to do it, so go do it. I mean, there's no I mean, keep it fresh, keep the rotation steady, and then and you should be able to compete for the MLS Cup. Okay. I'm not saying finish first and win supporter shield with you know the record points and this and that. Finish one to five. And go win the cup, because you okay. never know. Like like they say with the Heat, make the playoffs. You never know what's gonna happen. Okay, so tomorrow, what what what? Give us what you think tomorrow happens tomorrow. I think tomorrow, Inter Miami, you know, settles down, has a good performance. You know, you'll probably see a couple, you know lapses, you know, mistakes here and there, you know, maybe from the back line, maybe from the midfield. You know, I think we have enough. We we have enough to win, that's for sure. Okay. Convincingly, yes. Will we? It just depends what team shows up, to be honest. Can we finish our chances? Can we be clinical in the final third? You know, is Suarez going to put away a goal, you know, stuff like that? I think we can win, you know, I'll give Miami a 3-1 win tomorrow. Okay, you heard it here, folks. You know, you three gotta, one, you three gotta one. Start off hot. You gotta start <laughs> off hot. Well, 
I think that wraps up uh, this show. That Remember, folks, this is a, a preseason, last season recap, preseason preview. was a little bit of an extended show. Um, our goal is moving forward. Every Thursday, we're going to be on, on live uh, about 45 minutes to an hour just to kind of recap the game uh, that was – well, next week, we'll recap the game that just played Real Salt Lake and preview the, the game that will be played after and kind of touch up on any club news that um, – that happens uh within that time frame uh mark where can they find you on x uh at mark g 1110 is my handle you can find me on at paramount pete uh please subscribe to uh the K- the kendall sports network um you know social media pages you know we, we we tend to tweet out a lot about um you know repost a lot about news of inter miami um, you know, there's a few of our partners that, uh, you know, we thank them for sponsoring us and, uh, you know, kind of shoot business their way. Uh, we appreciate everything. Hit the subscribe button, uh, click the like. And if you like what you saw, uh, please come back next week, Thursday, 7:30, same time. We appreciate all the, the fans that, that watch us today, the banter in the comments. It was great. Um, thank you so much for watching from Mark and I. We appreciate it. Have a great night, guys, and uh, go go into Miami on 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 Wednesday. Wednesday.